Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN in association with Betfred Week 14. Moving in to view. Two terrific guests coming your way to get you set. Check this out. NFL UK royalty in the house. Hey, forget NFL UK. NFL royalty in the house. O.C. Yumanura. Is he the one? Is he the two-time Super Bowl winner? Making his season's debut. Looking forward to catching up with O.C. And if that wasn't good enough, Ben Isaacs, our resident college expert, always bringing some NFL intel as well. It's going to rattle through some of the other key games that OC and I don't get to, which frankly, given all the different things I want to talk to OC about, will be most of them. So let's get straight down to business and welcome the terrific, the fantastic OC Yumanura. Well, 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 <laughs> you know, I remember. So we did the Super Bowl together on Channel 4. That's the first time we met. And I remember about a year later, me and Mike Carlson were in some BBC radio studio somewhere. And when we came in like half an hour before broadcast and they said, oh, OC Human Europe is going to be a guest. And I was like, oh, brilliant, man. OC, we haven't seen him since the Super Bowl. And introduced you this massive hype buildup. And there was this brilliant pause. You just gave it a little beat. Yeah, just a little bit. And then I just heard this, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, the coolest intro ever. I love it. How you doing? Oh, so good? Man. I'm, I'm so good, man. What is going on now? How are you? Man, I miss you, man. Oh, you back. Hey, I miss you. First things first, before we talk any kind of football, we're going to talk some football. We're going to talk a lot of OC. But most importantly, five aside, man, uh, have you got, because mm. we are both obsessed. I know, <laughs> and I know. That's all, all we really talk about when, whenever we get together. So you're back playing, presumably you're back playing, right? And you get some games. I, I got, let me be honest with you, okay? I'm going to be honest with you right now, Nat, okay? I actually played today. Uh-huh. And this is what happened. This is what held me up for a little bit. Because the traffic, the <laughs> traffic it. coming I back was so, was so heavy that I was like, "Oh my God, let me let me make sure I'm good with Matt." I, I sent you that message. It's um, it's fine with it me, bad. man. To get yep. to, to be delayed for something on the basis it's something important, matter of life, we left like love. five aside. <laughs> we both <laughs> love. I played last night, man, and uh, I tell you, it's the first. Actually, no, I played. I tell a lie. I played Sunday, and then last night, the first two games back since lockdown it feels yep. good to be back it feels good it's, to be it's back. incredible it really is feels do, good do you when you're playing five or so you're playing football does it bring back a lot of memories of of playing football and you know does it kind of does it kind of stir up stuff well no not really um i think sometimes it gets competitive and then you know that part of me comes out but um ordinarily it's I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's, it's such a different sport. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a completely different sport. And so the only thing that I would say happens is my competitive juices start to flow a little bit. But then as far as like bringing back what I used to do, nah, not at all. That sounds terrifying. Know, sometimes, right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes when I look back at my playing career, it's, it's almost as if um, it was somebody else who did it. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that's interesting. It's so far, yeah. I can't believe that that's what I used to do for a living. Sometimes. Is it because it's been a while since you did it? Is it because you were young? Both of those things. Yeah, I think I think it's a combination of both. It's been mm. like five years since I retired. Yeah. And um, you know, as soon as I retired, I jumped straight into doing something else. And yeah. so now my life seems like it's more this than than that. If, if you yeah. understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. This. Let's let's uh, just incidentally the idea of you playing five aside and you know sometimes i get a bit competitive the mind boggles as to where that's going but but let's talk about about broadcasting because and i mentioned that the the super bowl we did right so this was to give to give everybody uh, you know context on this so we were doing at the uh, ironically at the bt sports studios which of course where where the bbc show is made right and we were doing the super bowl you rocked in 15 minutes before broadcast i think kind of sat down yep. you were like kind of sizing it up like we knew you you didn't know us and right. it was interesting because within I, I reckon a couple of minutes of that broadcast i thought to myself you were completely at ease and in the zone right which i mm-hmm. not, i wouldn't say it surprised me but i never worked with you i didn't know and i didn't know how much stuff you'd done and yep. it, so it's no surprise to me at all how you've knocked broadcasting out of the park but was that had you done stuff before that show no no never um, yeah yeah i came i came out in 2008 when i got injured i came to london i did i think it was tampa bay was playing new england yeah and i was in the studio for that but that was my <sighs> first time like you know working like that so yeah this it was, it was very very new to me for sure when did you start thinking about about it about wanting to broadcast this is going to surprise you, but never. never it was did. never really like, nah, it wasn't really like my, my intention. I think um, <clears throat> when I first, you know, retired, uh, you know, I'd been telling Mark Waller and, you know, Alistair, who were in charge of NFL UK at that time, I was like, I want to come out. I want to come to London. I want to come help. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I retired, they brought me out to London. And oddly enough, there was no TV show. There was nothing. So I was going to the yeah. office every day, just trying to grow the game and, you know, come up with different various ideas. And then midway through the season, they were like, we're going to start doing a TV show and put that on BBC. And then that's how that started. So I didn't come out with a, you know, initial thought of, oh, I'm going to be a broadcaster. It just kind of fell, fell into my lap. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and, and your style, because we've done a lot of live stuff together and, and yeah. you know, a fair few of the highlight shows. And what I found really interesting, again, working with you early on, and everyone likes to work in slightly different ways. And some mm. people like to mm. know everything that is coming and other people yeah. less so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very much yeah. with, the, with the live stuff you're like just i don't want to know just hit me and very yep. much in the instant in the moment you're kind of reacting yep. really really yep. instinctively which is interesting because again just kind of juxtaposing that with what you used to do and, and, yeah. and how you used to play was that was that the set i mean you, you know how similar and how different was that to to, to play completely different that. Yeah. like um because uh, like as a football player i was a pretty good athlete i would say but there were people who were more athletic than me mm. so in order for me to become successful you know it was a lot of thinking so it was a lot of plan a lot of film watching a lot of practice over and over and over again i was like right. very repetitive in football but then what i found was in the broadcasting world it was almost as if i should do the complete opposite you know because i just wanted to be more more free and more myself. And I was, in, mm. I was in complete trust of my mind. I was like, okay, I know the way my mind works. I know the way I think. I don't want to seem scripted. Mm. I want everything to be almost 
like really, really genuine. Mm. And so um, that's why, like, when we work together, I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, want, I want to be able to just react yeah. off of you. Yeah. And then also that that also works well with people who like yourself, you know, who can. You have to be able to work well together. So you mm. know how I am. I know how you are. And we just, we just flow like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man, it, it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's stunning as well. Just, you know, whatever medium it is, you see people that just do it and bam, and they're away. And, and, and that being natural, I think, is maybe the single most important thing with broadcasting. You know, it's the single most important thing. And you nail that. Other stuff that in terms of how you've developed that, when I dropped by earlier this year and did a few shows with you. You and J-Bell were doing some really interesting stuff. And my favorite thing was something that never made it to air, which was our, our presidential debate. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, which I'm so glad that I never made it to air. With, so it's basically you and J-Bell, you doing your best Trump and, um, and, and me moderating it. Crooked that, I think. Yeah. Uh, crooked Matt. Crooked Matt. Crooked uh, Matt. that never made it, man. That was awesome. But you did, you did some really... Uh, that was a lot of fun, but you've done some really serious stuff as well, you know, and yep. and there was one thing you guys did and you did it. And it's I want to point this out because I think a lot of our listeners will know that will watch the show and have seen it. You did it in one take and it was mm. and I said it to you afterwards. It's, it's one of the genuinely one of the best things I've ever seen. Right. Let alone, mm. in, this, in you know, in a sports show on a, you know, on a Saturday night to tackle a subject you're talking about. Uh, homosexuality, gay players in the NFL, and the yep. fact that yep. it is still completely prohibitive for players to come out. And tackling yep. that subject in the way you did a one take, I thought was brilliant. Is that something that you want to do more of, that that type of content? Oh, absolutely. I think so. Um, I think it's important that you're able to talk about it. But then also, that is very tricky, mm. you know, because if you say the wrong thing, right? You know, it, it could it could go really, really wrong and really bad. So a lot of people um, are rightfully afraid of discussing that. But yeah, um, like for me, I put a lot of thought into things like that. Yeah, like I, I really do. Like I put a lot of thought into it, and then um, you know, I trust the way I think, and I know that I, I would never offend anybody. Like you know, willfully, like never. And mm. you know, you try to understand where everybody's coming from. And then when you speak, you're able to speak clearly and yeah. you know from the heart if you've really put like real thought into it, as opposed to just, oh, they ask you a question, you just, you know, shoot out the first thing that comes out of your mouth. I only I only do stuff like that when it comes to like football questions. Yes. But like real real questions like like what we were discussing then, no, I, I think through through all of that. And do you take it around with you? Because we've talked a bit of comedy as well, you know, in the past, yeah. right? And back when I was, <laughs> when I was was doing stand up. But actually, I guess even now with the the writing I do, so you know, the the, mm. the column I write for the Times, I'll have a notebook and I'll write little ideas and I'll be mm. carrying around in my head and, and I'll be thinking about these things for a while before I come yep. down to the blank bit of paper and and then I get on with it. Do you do it the same yep. way? Hundred percent, and it's it. I, I carry all those things around in my head, mm. and then you find that sometimes somebody will say something, and you'll be able to relate to one of those things that you thought like Im immediately, and it, it just comes out. But it's not a lot of a lot of it is not you just saying something to me, and I'm just saying, well, no, like I've thought through a thousand different things, and then you yeah. say something that sparks, you know, one of those things that I'd already thought, and then. And it rolls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. So you and Jay Bell are doing the, I saw the overtime show, right? It's got overtime. So yep. you're kind of taking on kind of with your, with your pod, 
rolling that as a separate strand so taking that away from football a bit and and starting yep. to talk about bigger picture stuff so that's yep. that's i guess the first or the next step into into that space yeah 100 percent um you know we're going to keep on doing things like that jason is very talented also Big time. um you know and he has he has a way of you know talking and getting this point across so we thought okay we know the type of conversations that we have you've been in there with us you know the type of conversations that that we have it's not just oh Patrick Mahomes is a you know Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is a great quarterback he's a guy wow, like, yeah, like yeah. real conversations and yeah so um when you're in that environment and you see the way each other thinks you know I think it only makes sense to try to you know discuss that other things than football yeah big time with the God, the energy between you two is just, it, as you said earlier, things just click and, and you can't, you can't fake that, you know, it just happens. And, but you can, you can nurture and develop it though, right? Yeah, you can, you can. I want to say something. I remember um, the first time I found out, the first time you told us that you were a, like you, you used to do stand up. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, because we'll be in studio, mm. right? Like we'll be working on the games and you would say things and you would do things. And I'm like, man, that is so funny. But I didn't know that, you already had like a this is what you were doing for a living yeah so when you told me you were like i, I did stand up i was like a, it makes sense to me man because clicked, you're funny as hell man we never had that yeah. conversation i guess it, i guess it's odd as well because you know i mean it depends on the show i'm doing and uh you know you kind of change that up a little bit it's interesting what you said about that feels like a different life when you're playing that yep. stand up for me does it and i to put this in context right i you know you are a two-time Super Bowl winner, right? Twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. You won two it twice. Times. <laughs> two times. I kind of, I guess the, the parallel uh, with stand-up for me is, is probably playing a, a kind of high college level. That's kind of, so I got, mm. so I started out like every stand-up does on the open mic circuit, you know, and in front of, you know, eight people in pubs and you kind of build up. And, and I, but mm. I got signed quite early on, right? So I kind of got traction quite early on and got signed to a, you know, a, a big agent and started doing TV and radio and, and 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 big you know 20 minute spots around the country at, at, or 20 minute mm. spots at big clubs and so i got to a certain level where i was pro and i reached a real crossroads in my life and then i kind of backed away from it so it's kind of like i i look back on it it's been fundamental for what i've gone on to do and and yeah. i uh you know i, I learned so much and i loved mm. i loved a lot of it but at the same time i, I always there's a slight asterisk for me like i kind of stopped then after what four or five years and even though that was a yep. fast track four or five years if i'd gone on for another you know 10 15 years and that was kind of really what i did and i was doing hour-long shows and you know really focused but i didn't have the passion for it in the way that you need you need to you. live and breathe it and i liked it it's and tough, I was, right it's tough isn't it it's, it is tough <laughs> but you know it's i guess it i guess there are parallels with and it's i suppose in asking you about the broadcasting versus the the football and mm -hmm the feeling you have inside if you can because a lot of athletes say they can never recapture that feeling yep. when they're playing and i don't yep. know if that if whether stand-up is the is the same that are probably not for me but there are certainly moments where it came close where you'd play and hey there were a lot of times when i died on my ass so i could tell you about <laughs> <laughs> too many to mention but there were, there were times when you just hit the right room at the right time and mm -hmm. often when you least expect it and you just kind of walk off stage and you're walking on air and there's nothing, <laughs> nothing. but yeah, that was, yeah. And, and, and you know, big um, seminal part of my life, but just like you said, I look at it now and think 
it feels like a very different me. Yeah, yeah. very different me. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit of football because this is technically a football show, although we haven't concentrated yeah. a huge amount. There are just a couple of games I want to pick on uh, uh, mm-hmm. in particular. Um, I want to start with your Giants, actually. Can we start with your yep. Giants? Cardinals Giants. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to do X's and O's here, but I want to ask you on a few things. Joe Judge in particular, because he is... Mm-hmm. I like Joe Judge, Josie. I like yeah. what I see with Joe Judge. And on this show, we, we often talk about head coaches that we would least like to be going into the locker room at halftime losing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> because, and like Vrabel is on that list, right? For sure. Yeah. Joe yeah. Judge is on that list, right? He looks like he is he is fearsome and he's got, got his players playing for him. He's tough. Uh, old school football coach. He, you know, a lot of times, especially recently, it's the young, it's the hot, the offensive right. coordinator. He's looking sexy, man. He's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, um, right. you know, sometimes you need like more of a, you know, a backbone. And that's mm. exactly what the New York Giants went after. And this guy has a very high strength of character, very strong individual. Um, and for me, even when they were losing games, the thing I kept on noticing, I was like, man, they're playing hard. This isn't mm. a a tremendously talented football team. They are playing hard. Mm. And um, when things aren't going so well and you see a team continuously fight and play hard, then you know that they're, they're you know, they have the full support of, you know, the locker room, the coach does. I mean, yeah. because w- once you start losing in the NFL, man, things go really, really bad, really, really quick. Yeah. What's the, what's the, there's a great quote by Hemingway where a character in a Hemingway book, he says, how did you go broke? And he said, Gradually, then suddenly. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, exactly. What are we thinking with with the Giants? So they, I mean, it's they're in a fight with the with Washington. Realistically, count Philly and Dallas out, right? I mean, they could be in yep. the playoffs. They're in there. They're in the fourth seed right now. Yeah, which is frankly that is incredible, right? Um, but you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes it's not their fault that the NFC East wasn't particularly good. Yeah. I think they're a good football team. They're a solid football team. I think. They're really about a year away, a year or two away from being like serious, seriously strong contenders. Mm. Um, I feel like they need to, you know, accrue just a couple of more, you know, pieces, just a little bit more talent on that football team. And I think they'd be good to go. The coaching staff is outstanding. The defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, outstanding. Mm. They have some really good football players, especially in the secondary. I know they've been getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but... Mm. I feel like the secondary is the real strength of this football team, and they are shutting receivers down completely mm. and um, allowing the defensive line to at least get home a little bit. They're a good football team. Yeah, defensively, for sure. And just a quick one on, on Daniel Jones, because I think yeah. he's I think he's underrated. I, I think he is. I yeah. think everyone's quick to write him off. And you look around, you're sure, if you're going to get a, a Justin Herbert kind of, or even a Justin Fields kind of player, right? Or, you know, mm. a... a, a uh, if you get Trevor Lawrence, sure, but I don't think you're going to go to, then maybe that's an upgrade. But then the flip side, why would you trade in at the moment Daniel Jones, or at least not give him another year for, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a kind of Dalton level, you know, player that, that I guess would be the realistic option for them, right? Yeah, it, ma- it makes it makes absolutely no sense. Um, so you're correct. I think um, with a team like that, you, you're almost, you're stuck for a little while, you know, because you know you, you can have better play at that position, even though I think Dan is a good quarterback and I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. I think right now you, you can have better play at that position, yeah. but then if you don't play well enough, but you're, you're always going to be good enough. So you're on like five and 11, right. six and 10. So you never can get like 
the Trevor Lawrence's and the Justin Fields, like you said. Mm. So it's he's better than the Andy Dalton's, but he's not as good as the Trevor Lawrence's. Yeah. You, you yeah, understand yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So you're kind of like stuck in that middle ground in for like limbo. a couple of yeah. years <laughs> until it goes one way yeah. or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Blake Bortles effect, I think is what, <laughs> what yeah. we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk Colts Raiders. Um, at, let's start with Derek Carr. As a, I know how much you love quarterbacks, so that's why I want to talk so much about him. But Derek Carr, it feels like he there's a bit of a rehabilitation with Carr. Everyone, again, had written him off far too quick. It seemed even that, that Gruden what didn't really rate him, right? Doesn't really buy him, yeah. but looks like he's turned the corner, right? Yeah, it, it seems so. This year is his best year in, in, in forever. And I think mm. when, you, when you think about it, John Gruden, this is a guy specifically brought in and known as a quarterback whisperer. Mm. So if there was anybody that was going to be able to turn around Derek Carr, get him playing to his previous levels, it was going to be John Gruden. Mm. Um, people had written him off. Gruden brought in Mariota, a guy who he really you know, liked and thought maybe he was going to be able to compete at a high level with Carr, but it just didn't happen because Carr is a very talented football player and he has very good leadership skills. Mm. And um, this year, he seems to be putting everything together. He's had a couple of rough games. You know, that last game against Atlanta was yeah, that just was... ridiculous. Yeah, but um, I think he's shown that he can be the quarterback of the future there. I know you love your movies, though. So we've, we've talked about that a fair bit. And Gruden increasingly reminds me of uh, of Tony D'Amato in, in Any Given Sunday. I can't, and now I've mm, made that connection. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the ways that he's talking to, to Carr sometimes, it's just like how Pacino talks to Jamie Foxx. Like, he can't yeah. hear him. <laughs> it really reminds me of that. He's that era as well. I think, I think it's his old school. Are you buying the Colts? Because defensively, they're legit, right? But yeah. they don't seem to given what they've done this season and again they're like almost every team has had at least one you mentioned the the Raiders uh, the Raiders absolutely tanking it every game every team has mm-hmm. had at least one of those and 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 yep. you know, a, a few have had more than one the Colts seem to be one of those teams where they're pretty consistent most of the time yet no one's buying them as a serious Super Bowl contender yeah because I think offensively they they struggle too much um they, you don't really know what their identity is Philip Rivers he can be great one day the next day he looks terrible mm. um their running game is inconsistent the one strength they do have on that football team is that offensive line I'm talking about as yeah. far as offense yeah, yeah very strong on the offensive line and then defensively they play well so it's I feel like it all comes down to people's lack of belief in the quarterback Philip Rivers yeah they don't think he's going to be able to take them you know, across that hump. And so people are writing the Colts off a little bit and rightfully so. Yeah. And I, I guess it's probably Rivers' last year. I mean, he signed a one-year deal, right? So it's it's kind of almost, yeah. feels like a, let's say, win or bust. It'd be interesting to see what they do at quarterback next season, right? Because the rest of the pieces will still be there. It feels like they need to win. It's a big must-win game for the Colts as well. Um, last one I want to ask you about, probably the biggest game of the weekend is Steelers bills, because I know that you're passionate about, about the Steelers. <laughs> I, know, right? I was surprised though. So I've got to say, I was surprised to hear you being so skeptical of the Steelers. And yeah. for the benefit of those listening, you haven't heard your take on it. You're not buying <laughs> very particular take, but you're not, you're not buying them at all. You think they're the fool's gold, right? The emperor's new clothes. hundred percent. Um, and it, it, this has nothing to do with that coach. And I feel like my son is the best coach in the NFL. Him and Bill yeah. Belichick to me, 1A and 1B. This man, 14 years, 500 or better. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think when I look at that football team, it, it's just missing like true dynamism at, 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 the, at the offensive, you know, skill position. I know Claypool's a good player, but he's not like a dominant football player, if you understand what I mean. Juju Smith-Schuster, number two, number three receiver. 
Their running game is inconsistent. The offensive line is okay. Big Ben is okay. So they've been winning games primarily based on the way their defense has been playing. And then offensively, you know, they show up when they need to. Mm. So when I when I look at them, I'm like, it just doesn't look to me like a Kansas City, you mm. know, or New Orleans when Drew Brees was back there. They don't, they don't look to me like they're that. And I feel like they're a team that could be beat by anybody. And Washington just went up there and beat them. So sure. Um, it's, that's, that's just what I saw when I looked at them. You know, I look, I look at that and I hear that. I, I, I guess I look at teams and Hey, you were part of one, right? Uh, mm. the, the defense was the core of that team and that's not a slight on the offense, right? But you were, yep. it was a team that was built on that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there are so many examples of that. The Broncos with Manning, right. And yep. going back to the Ravens with Trent Dilfer, you know, the Ray Lewis, yeah. Ed Reed kind of era, that are defense, the Seahawks, right? You know, uh, yeah. that are defense first, and you just have to be, as you said, capable enough. Steelers are that, aren't they? They're, they're and maybe more so because they've got a Roethlisberger who I always back the vet quarterback in a in a serious playoff situation, right? He's been there, done it, and seen it all. Yep, I think what I'm saying is, I don't think that the Steelers defensively are that dominant. Right, right. I think I think that's I think that's what I'm what I'm alluding to because you're 100 yeah. percent right. Um, there there have been defensive led teams that can get you all the way. They even when Denver did it with Manning, you had DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller. They were just great terrorizing yeah, quarterbacks, yeah, yeah. especially towards the end. The loss of Bud Dupree mm. to T.J. Watt that is going to be a monumental holder field because that guy was a fantastic football player. Yeah, but they just weren't. You know, game teams that they were supposed to be beaten handily, they kind of were like, oh, we're humming it, you know? And I was like, nah, this isn't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this can't continue, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a bit, uh, yeah, it's a bit unfair to put you and Strahan and Tuck and then <laughs> and then the Ray Lewis Ravens. It's probably not a fair... It's not a fair balance there. But I, I, I feel that if they... You know, you mentioned the Chiefs, and if it, if that is the AFC Championship game, I, I see them maybe out of all of the teams in the AFC maybe the Raiders notwithstanding that mm. that can go toe-to-toe offensively when it's chiming I mean you look the defeat mm. the other day they drop like I don't know how many 11 12 balls at catchable balls yeah. I think it's a big ask and it's big ask to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs offensively but who else in the AFC really can Are Raiders on their day can but yeah. I mean I don't know they could be back in the Colts you're back in the Bills to do that I'm just not not sure I'm not, I wouldn't back the Bills. I wouldn't back the Colts. I wouldn't back anybody besides, oddly enough, and I don't even know if this team is going to make the playoffs. I would back Tennessee mm. against Kansas City. I yeah. would. Because yeah. um, you know how they like to say in boxing, styles make fights? Mm-hmm. That Tennessee team, the way they play, if they get you on the right day, man, you're in, you're in big trouble. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're a very physical football team. Mm-hmm. And they just pound, pound you, pound you, pound you with Henry, hitting you over the top with the play-action pass. Yeah. The, the way they play, they play, they play. you know, they, they're, they're trying to bloody your nose. And so yeah. if you catch the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, when it takes off for one game, yeah. If I'm going to pick a team in the AFC, I would pick Tennessee to, to, to be the ones that could be able to knock them off. And that's a team that might not make it into the playoffs. It's a great shout. You know, it's a great shout. And also, the, yeah, the, the time of possession, they can just eat that clock up and keep mm. Mahomes off the field. Right? That's, that is 101, how to beat Mahomes, keep him off the, off the yep. field that he can't, he can't beat yet. Love that. Hey, Os, it's been great catching up, man. It's been too long. But uh, yeah. I, I appreciate you dropping by. We, when are we going to – I'm worried about us playing five-a-side together. You know why? Because, you know, I kind of 
have a comfort zone with five aside. As you know, I'm a keeper, right? Yeah, and yeah. Our listeners know I'm a keeper because I remind them every five minutes. And yeah. I like kind of five, six aside, short form, fast. Pay. I'm worried I'm going to come to one of your games. And I'm going to be like, whoa, yeah. you didn't tell me it was nine aside. And then goal, <laughs> yeah. goals are really big. And I'm and suddenly, I'm not my comfort zone. So I'm going to have to get you down yeah. to one of my regular games first. And then, I got you, man. I, I got you. I don't, I don't mind. I'll turn up. Deal. We're going to do that. And uh, look after yourself, man. If we don't speak before, have a fantastic Christmas, man. And uh, appreciate you dropping by. I always appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Matt. Take care. Legendary stuff from a bona fide legend. Looking forward to catching up with the big man very, very soon. We'll check in with Ben Isaac shortly. Before we do, though, let's get you set for your weekend fantasy. Here's Marley with his fantasy capsule. Yes, guys, that's right. I'm back with my fantasy picks for week 14, which means it's playoff time in fantasy leagues everywhere. It has been a tough old slog this season with COVID and injuries. So congratulations. If you are listening with vested interest and have made it to the playoffs, well done. My stardom, I'm coming straight out the gates with a massive gamble. Sammy Watkins, wide receiver for the Chiefs. I have a feeling that Brian Flores will double Hill and double Kelsey in that very Patriots-esque way of saying someone else is going to have to do it. And I have a feeling Watkins can be that man. I know he's a third option. I know he's been injured this season. I know the Dolphins' defense is good, but sometimes you've got to take a gamble. And he would be a smart player to have as your wide receiver slash running back option pick this week. And for my sit-em, I'm going to go with Devin Singletary. The Bills have struggled to run the ball well all season, which does not bode well when the Steelers are coming to town. It's all going to be about Josh Allen in that fixture. We've seen the Bills double down before in terms of going all-out pass against the Seahawks when it's needed to win. I can't see Singletary having many carries or yards put him on the bench. And for defense, I'm going to go with the Giants. And now four or five weeks ago, picking the Giants D against the Cardinals would have been fantasy suicide. But I promise this is more than an OC tribute pick. This is a team on the ascension against a team in decline. Murray's shoulder is clearly not 100%. And when teams have kept in the pocket lately, there's been signs of struggle. The Giants will do exactly that. And if they can do a number on Russ, they can do a number on Kyler. Find work from here. We'll roll that out on social as well. Our social channels, incidentally, at the NC Show, as if you didn't know that by now. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go give us a follow. Uh, Big shout out to all of you leaving reviews on all the different pod platforms. Really appreciate that. A lot of you doing that on iTunes recently. Massively appreciate it. Just taking the time out to write reviews on the show and let us know how much you're enjoying it. We massively appreciate that. It goes a long way because we really appreciate you and taking time to do that. Massive respect for that. So thank you. Big thanks from all of us. Let's get down to more NFL chat now. And welcome back to the show. One of our all pro residents, Mr. Ben Isaacs. Ben, good to have you back, man. We're going to quick pick uh, all the other games that we haven't covered with OC. We'll get to that in a minute. Some news as well. Before we get to any of it, we did radio together on Sunday. We discovered our shared love of the percentage chance of winning <laughs> function on the ESPN. And hey, look, we're company men, right? Oh, and yeah. Other, other sites as well. Um, I've I become obsessed with it. 
uh, and particularly since Sunday's show, I can't think about anything else. Well, yeah, and there was there was just a whole heap of games where that that win percentage fluctuated like crazy in the final five minutes of the game. You know, at one point the the Bears were kind of ninety percent chance to win, and within thirty seconds the Lions were ninety percent. It's it's crazy how much it can kind of go be- between the two. It's it's a sort it's sort of a sensible indicator, but the fact that you know we when we saw that the, the Bears had a good return, Crowdell Patterson returned the opening kickoff to about mm. halfway and instantly the Bears had like a 70% chance of winning. Like, it was like, ah, oh, yeah, the, these Lions, they're out within, of it now. Within seconds of the game starting. I want to yeah. know how, it, I, we should know, because I'm not saying it's it's unique to ESPN. I know other websites have it as well, but we were particularly, because we are company men, mm-hmm. obviously we have the ESPN site up and around. I want to know how it's put together. Is it, is it an algorithm? Is there a room full of people in Bristol, Connecticut working on it? I, I kind of want to know. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that it's each, that they have a big room mm. full of scientists, the, yes. the NFL's top boffins mm. for each game. And they're running every numbers, but they've got like kind of the, the world's biggest computers. And they're just, they're constantly typing away because mm. I think it must take into account the team's records because there was one, there was one game where it was a, it was a kickoff and it was a, it was a touchback and the the favorite it had it down even though they were uh, they were the team that kicked off so they didn't even have the ball at this point they gave them something like a 65% chance of winning so they must they must weight it to the favorites mm. but it's it is it's a lot of fun when you can when you can see the graph because certain certain games might go kind of a little bit up a little bit down a little bit up a little bit down and some will just spike to the top shoot to the bottom and those are the games that are going to give someone a heart attack i love this idea as you say of a room full of people uh, maybe flaws you know those kind of shadowy organizations that you see in films that oh yeah that latterly are creating thousands upon thousands of fake social media accounts that are spewing (laughs) out false information into the world and that's kind of what i like just one of those kind of complexes of of 16 flaws of, of people with machines and paper being handed to each other and we're not quite sure what's going on there's knowing nods and lots of tapping i'd like to think that there are all these different rival organizations w- figuring out their own win percentages and it's a bit like with all the companies trying to be the first one to get the covid vaccine out they want to be the they want to be the first ones to say right okay we're calling it the lions are now 90.4%, 64.8% yeah. of the lions after yeah. that three and out. Um, well, speaking of that, the jets, the jets uh, percentage uh, chance must have kind of flip flopped. Uh, and of course, after that ridiculous call by Greg Williams to blitz uh, Derek Carr, and, and we all know what happened and how that played out. They, they pulled the cord. It was a no surprise in some respects, but, at the same, there had to be a full guy, I guess. But when you consider how woeful and dysfunctional this Jet season has been, it seems to be very odd timing. And, and of course, as many people are pointing out, Ben, if that decision turns out to cement their number one overall spot and then Trevor Lawrence, then it will be a, a move of, of genius. They should be putting a statue up of Greg Williams. Yeah, yeah. They should have been, you know, Greg Triple G Williams. They should have, they should have given him 
just anything he wanted at that point. Right. Because it helps him in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. The thing is, that was perhaps the Jets' best defensive performance of the season. Mm. And they did let themselves down on that play massively. And Greg Williams bit. is a very successful and very experienced defensive coordinator. This isn't kind of like a, a new guy's lapse. That was it was it was incredible how how badly that play was schemed out and how much of the field was left open for the Raiders. And you're right. There's, there's always going to be a fall guy, but there was no chance that Greg Williams was going to be on that staff next season. Anyway, there is no chance that anyone on that coaching staff will be there next season. It will be an entire clean sweep. And the idea that they think, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll appease, we'll, we'll appease the fans by getting rid of Greg Williams. Uh, like the idea that Jets three weeks be like, before the end of the season. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> Now things are going to be okay. We know oh. that the, the problem the problem starts with Adam Gates. It is a completely dysfunctional coaching staff, and I get why they got rid of Greg Williams. But the the team has been atrocious. That was not a bad performance by the Jets. It was a bad play, but you could have you could have fired any coach after any Jets game this season. It's totally arbitrary. I feel a little bit sorry for Greg Greg, 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 Greg but. You know, he's gone and Trevor Lawrence will be coming in and we'll have new coaches to deal with. Do you know what I think he and, and possibly Adam Gaze uh, should have done in the post-game presses was really telegraph it. It just kind of real do a big wink. <laughs> I don't know why we called that play. You know, <laughs> just yeah. tried to style it, it's, it out. It's like, terrible um, that we're still winless. Like uh, Randy Bullock when he styled out, oh, my hamstring's gone when he missed the, uh, missed the yeah. field goal. That, that's yeah, the kind of thing you should have just wing it, just blag it. It just, it oh, just shows, it just shows how the, the lack of savvy that the likes of Adam Gase have because, you know, they should have just gone with it. Just lean into it. Mm. We, all, we were all thinking it at the time that to, to lose on that sort of play, to perform like that in the final play, there had to be a reason. They must have known. At one time, they thought Jacksonville might win. So like, oh, we can win a game and we'll be fine. Mm. Once it was clear that, you know, Jacksonville were not necessarily going to win that game, they had to lose. It, it reminded me so much of the old, for all your old school Americanish listeners out there, the old Jimmy Garoppolo shtick we used to do when, uh, I, I think uh, Jimmy might lose on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo's owned by uh, essentially a, a mob that all owns a stake in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy might lose. No, you know, it's going to be a tough game, that's for sure. No, no, you don't understand. Yeah. If he's going to lose on Sunday, it's the same thing. I'm certain it will come out in the wash. Greg Williams is, uh, has taken uh, taken some kind of... Uh, well, anyway, let's move on before I say something. Right. Yeah. Uh, right, lots of games to get into. Let's start with the Bears. Uh, Texans, uh, your Bears, of course. I thought only, only right and proper we start mm. with them because their season's over now, isn't it? The Bears, I mean, they're, they're in such free fall. There's no realistic chance of a rebound or is there is this defense good enough to get them back in contention i mean you know technically technically they they are still in the hunt and the that seventh um that seventh spot in the nfc is still sort of up for grabs but the team the team is in free fall mm. um and not just because they've lost so many games in a row because they've just been getting steadily worse they don't know what they're doing at quarterback the play calling has been terrible but Say what you want about the Bears, because in a pandemic, they've done a lot for safety. Look mm. at the way that Alan Robinson practiced social distancing by staying one yard away from the first down marker, <laughs> going out of bounds a yard short on a crucial conversion attempt um, yeah, in the final yeah. minute. Or the way members of the defense kept their distance from Matt Stafford in the final quarter. <laughs> they were so safe. They've encouraged everyone watching 
um, to wear a mask, but it's just, it needs to be over your eyes. It's the only <laughs> safe way because there is no vaccine for Bears football this year. We'll get a cure in January when Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace and Ted Phillips hopefully fired. But until then, until then, the, the mask is the only safe way over your eyes. Please, any, anybody, if you're not a Bears or Texans fan, don't watch this game. Even if you are a Bears or Texans fan, you probably shouldn't watch this game. Having said that, the Bears did enough against Detroit to win. Um, and Detroit are better than Houston. So I'm going to say the Bears will win because Houston have looked bad. The Bears have looked bad. But I don't think the Bears are quite as dysfunctional on the field as Houston are. And with so many players gone, I think the Bears have to have the advantage. It won't make a difference. You know, it'll it'll bump them. It'll bump the Bears further back in the draft order. But I think they'll get the win. Two quick questions on this. I, I, I hear all of that with the Bears, and, and you are more qualified than most being uh, an NFL journalist and a Bears fan, right? So you combine the two, the amount of Bears, the detail with which you watch them, right? So I, I kind of accept all of that. And it sounds as well you're, like you're really looking forward to Black Monday because oh, you yeah. already, already talked about two coaches being fired and we've been going five minutes. <laughs> what do you do at quarterback next year? I mean, is it ba- basically Foles and Trubisky both out of there? Well, Trubisky, Trubisky will definitely be out because he will be out of contract. And right. it's hard to imagine now at this point anything happening that would make them re-up that contract. There was the chance that if the Bears, had, if, uh, Trubisky didn't play too badly against Detroit, but of course he gave up that costly fumble. If they'd won that game and then they beat Houston, which is very realistic, they've also got Jacksonville coming up. You might look and say, well, you know, Trubisky won three games. Maybe maybe you keep him for one year and see what happens with a new coach and bring someone else on. I now think it's very unrealistic. Foles is tied up. Foles could well be there next season. Um, I think they will draft a quarterback because it is not going to be a productive offseason for anyone who's trying to bring in a free agent quarterback. The market is not going to be good. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that we'll get onto Carson Wentz soon enough. Um, the Bears need to draft a quarterback. Mm. They need then a coach who can develop that quarterback. It would be ideal if Nick Foles can improve. I mean, we know where we are with Nick Foles. The Nick Foles who won the Super Bowl with the Eagles is not the real Nick Foles. Everything else is the real Nick Foles. I'm sorry, Eagles fans. I know that you defend him with such vigor. It's almost frightening. Hmm. But that, he caught lightning in the bottle and that was hmm. much more to do with the players around him than anything else. Hmm. Nick Foles is an an incredibly average player and a backup quarterback. If he could improve a little bit and have a rookie sit behind him and learn, that would be the best case scenario for sure. next season. But because that's realistically the level you're going to be drafting at, right? You're not going to get a re- likely to get a ready-made starter unless you get lucky. The other thing I was going to ask on this game, and then we got a lot to rattle through. So just on Deshaun Watson, I'll maybe not so much ask us point out how well he's playing. I mean, they, they were a, a a, a misstep away from beating the Colts last week uh, mm-hmm. without Will Fuller, which I think would have given the role they've been on, put them back in some kind of contentious playoff, you know, wildcard race. I think that that defeat has, has, has put a fork in them. But uh, I don't think we should be underestimating just how well behind that offensive line, which is getting progressively better, but nevertheless, how well Deshaun Watson is playing in a really, really dysfunctional environment. I mean, heavyweight stuff from him. And, uh, and I hope that the Texans are able to re-up to the degree where he goes back into or the team becomes a contender again and he goes back into into that level 
uh, of organization because he's too good to be frittered away like this. Yeah, no quarterback has done more with less in the NFL this season yep. than Deshaun Watson. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay, on to Pat's Rams. Uh, I mean, the Pats are one of those cluster of teams, and uh, I guess you could argue both of these teams are in this in this within this group that are hard to completely work out. There are certain teams we know what they're about. They're either good or bad, right? And then there are a handful of teams that are week to week. I change my opinion on them, right? Uh, certainly, as far as we, as we get closer to the postseason, as, as far as their potential is concerned, we know the Patriots are short stacked and, and ultimately a weak roster. But as Belichick is proving, and McDaniel's to a degree as well, they are um, extraordinary in terms of what they're being able to do because of their coaching acumen with a limited collection of players the rams just seem to lurch from exceptional to mediocre although it's interesting to note that they are eight and one when goff has a quarterback rating above 75 0 and three below 75 now i know that most of the time your record's going to be weaker if your quarterback rating or your quarterback's rating drops below a certain number but this is the book on them right if goff is confused if goff is out of sync if goff is struggling they're really bad if goff is calm composed given time they are amongst the top five teams in the nfl so is this one of those games because of what belichick's done to, to quarterbacks like goff once again this season because it's what he's what he's done to goff historically is it another game where you think actually i reckon this will be despite the mismatch in terms of ability a patriots upset well you know the, the patriots performance on sunday was absolutely outstanding and on your radio show, I I actually picked the Chargers. Mm. I thought the Chargers were going to were going to sneak it. I thought a the lot Pats of people would, did. I thought the Pats would do a letdown. Yeah. And why I thought a Bill Belichick coach team would have a letdown, I don't know. That's that's on me. The Rams are different though. The, you know, the the Rams are not the Chargers, and I think there's a real talent gap between the Patriots and the Chargers. Now, obviously. The Patriots have Bill Belichick, but the Rams are the hardest team in the league to pass the ball on and one of the hardest to run against. I don't think the Patriots will be able to put up enough points yeah. for for Goff to for Goff to not be able to win the game for them. Yeah. Goff won't need to be outstanding. Well, and their ground the- game's moving as well now. It's starting to look starting to, to to look real. It's a good point you make because the Patriots. We talked about this on the Monday show with Brady with Greg Brady. The um, as opposed to Tom, who often, <laughs> often, often comes on the Monday yeah. show. Uh, we were talking about the... Uh, you look at a score like that, and then you look at the, the lack of productivity once again from Cam with his arm, and it's extraordinary. A 45-zip win. And admittedly, there is more to Cam's game than that, right? Which we know. And, and, and it's not to be underestimated. But he's he thrown for less than 100 yards repeatedly, and they're still winning games. Yeah, it looks like... It, you, it was the sort of game where... You look at the box score and you're expecting to see 350 to 400 yards passing and right. four passing touchdowns. Maybe he runs for one. And you look at the stats and you're like, oh, it was that sort of game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was so excited for, for Cam in this offense this season. And it is yeah. not, it has not really clicked. It has not really worked. A lot of people felt that Cam would not fit within the organization because of his personality. That has not proven yeah. to be the case. It Quite is the opposite, sim- right? Exactly. It has simply been he's not been able to click on the field. Mm. Everything within the building is fine. It's just in games, he's not been able to do the, the, the cam things that we used to see in the past. That's not really a surprise. And I don't know what they're going to do next season. The, the quarterback situation in New England is one of the most fascinating um, 
discussion points in the NFL. They're going gonna get Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> He's well, do you know what? A Mitch Trubisky or a Jimmy Garoppolo back to the Patriots, oh, something Garoppolo like that. Back. I love that idea. Or Carson Wentz to the Patriots. Would you? Would you have a doubt that Bill Belichick could improve any of those quarterbacks? Because I don't. I'm not saying he can turn them into a Super Bowl champion, but he could improve any one of those quarterbacks. So it's one you haven't thought of. I love the idea of Garoppolo. What about Brady goes back? For, oh, for one last dance. <laughs> for one last dance. We can't see that. We can't see that. They I bring a tear to my yeah. eye. So were... I, I, I am going to go. I am going to go Rams on mm. this one. I'm betting against Belichick for the second week in a row. Yeah, Lord help me. More fool you. No, I think I'm with you. I think I, I'm. I agree. I think uh, you nailed it. The defense is going to stifle the Patriots to too significant a degree. They, they're just not going to be able to, to keep up. Titans Jags is interesting because the Titans, of course, my God, one of uh, the strangest performances I think we've, <laughs> we've seen in, in recent memory, that first half performance. And yet at the same time, they rallied. They got a lot going in the second half on both sides of the ball. We have to point out how they limited the, uh, the Browns to, to next to nothing really. And yeah, okay, we were doing the game together. The Browns were really checked out by that point because no one was catching him. But nevertheless, they, they were trending up was an ending in the right way. And they're going to need a, a big win, uh, to, or at least a, a convincing performance, and ideally a big win, to, yeah. to settle those doubters who were stunned at the way they were blown, blown apart by Cleveland in the first half. I don't think there is any way that this Titans team, from everything that we've seen since Mike Vrabel took over, even when... There was much less talent there when they were certainly far from dominating games in the way that they they have done more recently. They've always been, by and large, incredibly efficiently coached. I think it was a kind of period early doors with Vrabel when already the overreactors had their knives out saying, oh, you know, made this me. A young head coach made the odd mistake. But they have been, from very early on in, in his tenure, super organized and together in the way that McDermott's bills are, you know, there, there is just a certain mm-hmm. collection of coaches that if nothing else is going to keep the, the Flores as well. You can argue really with, with, with what he's done with Miami. Right. I can't see the Titans coming out here, particularly against the Jags and being anything but on it. No, I, you know, I, I joked, I joked on the show. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when Vrabel makes the team watch that first half performance against mm. the Browns because it would be absolutely terrifying. He will he will hit the roof. He yeah. won't. He simply won't let something like that happen again. It, it was such a weird game. Yeah. And the Titans now have to just figure things out and fast. Now, if you just looked at the Jags' record, you think this was perfect for Tennessee. Just what the doctor ordered, right? Because you know they they've not won a lot of games in Jacksonville. But what what we do know is that Jacksonville have become a really tough out. You know, they and one of the best predictors for success is how you did in close games the previous season. So if your right. wins are usually close, it's likely you'll win fewer games the following season. If you lose a lot of close games, your record next year should be better. So Jags fans should feel optimistic about 2021 if they can find a quarterback. We seem to be talking a lot about teams that don't have quarterbacks. Now, having said all that positive stuff about Jacksonville, I'm expecting the Titans to bounce back here in part because they just have to, mm. but also because the Jags have struggled defending the run and Derek Henry. Do you, I mean, I can't imagine any circumstances where the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have been soft against the run, are going to stop an angry Derek Henry mm-hmm. on Sunday. So I think the Titans will ride Derek Henry, Henry all the way to a very, very comfortable win that will set the Titans back on course because we know they're a playoff team. They've just got to get their act together, 
find form in December and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, me too. I like the Titans all the way here and I think they're, they're going to be serious when it comes to the playoffs. I'm a big fan of Brable. You, you might have gathered, Ben. You might have gathered that. Right. <laughs> We've got to rattle through the others. We've got a lot of ground to cover. So let's go Vikings-Bucks. The Vikings are making the playoffs, aren't they? Uh, it's very possible. I mean, they are more talented than their early season records suggested, but I felt they had too big a hole to make it to the pro se- postseason. That's no longer true. Much like the Titans... Um, they've got to get things. They've got to get things figured out now because it's one thing being 500, but you're going to need to be over 500 to feel even remotely comfortable. So the Bucks have the same position. They've got to. They've got to sort things out because you want to be that. You want to be the top wildcard team in the NFC because then you'll play the NFC East winners, which is practically going to be a buy. Well, we say that, but oh, okay, carry on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that narrative's um, changing. The Bucks clearly aren't good enough to finish above the Saints. Mm. Um, and if they lose this game, their grip on a wild card spot becomes considerably weaker. Now, Ben, uh, I know you're a huge fan of our Edge Rush show, which me and producer Ollie do. Oh, yeah. Drop every Saturday, right? Producer Ollie, because he's all about the, the diligence and the prep, right? He's, I mean, there's never a, a, a minute goes by, barely a minute goes by when he isn't thinking about the show, thinking about what he's going to talk about. Sent me a, a many WhatsApp messages earlier on. Uh, including uh, our Air Edge Rush Moneyline Treble, which is something we drop. We think three teams that are going to win straight up, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got Tampa Bay in there. He's he's confident enough about Tampa Bay winning this game that he wants to put it in our uh, Edge Rush Better Friend oh. Moneyline Treble of the week. Consider my eyebrows raised on him. that. I I so. I I don't pick against Brady when the chips are down. So you don't pick I'm against producer Ollie either. I'm going. I'm yeah. That's you don't pick against Tom Brady. You don't you don't pick against producer Ollie. I think the Bucks will win this because right. they are better than the Vikings. But if the Bucks don't, their season is going to fall apart. Mm. Mm, I agree. I agree. Um, I put them in that box of teams which I just changed my opinion on them week on week. It, they are just baffling at the moment. Uh. But I think all is not lost there. I wonder if the Chiefs, if the Bucks, rather, much like the well, the Patriots are the prototype, the the gold standard for this. But I wonder if they're one of those teams that in the final we were talking to Shane Vereen. Let's name drop, right? Let's yeah. uh, Shane Vereen was on our radio show last week, and Vereen, Super Bowl winner, been there, done it, worked with Belichick, emphasized the point that it's the last few weeks of the season when serious stuff gets done, and. Patriots teams historically have got better and better as the season have gone on. I wonder if the Bucks are one of those teams because of that change, all that talent around. There's a lot of talent still on both sides of the ball. I do like the balance there. I wonder if they are going to be one of those teams that starts to get back in rhythm at the right time. Yeah, I'd much rather play them in September, October, November than December right. or January. Right, I agreed. I, I think counting them out at the moment is folly. Uh, Chiefs, Finns. Uh, of course, this brings, amongst other things, uh, Brian Flores back in the mix, who was amongst the architects as a lieutenant of, of Belichick at the time of the AFC Championship win for the Patriots a few years back when, uh, you know, seemingly Belichick is one of the few head coaches to have worked out a way of, of stifling Mahomes. And, and Flores was a key part of that game plan. Tyreek Hill, I remember in particular, was was locked down in the game. Although if, I, if memory serves, Sammy Watkins went off. So that's, mm. you know, therein lies yeah. the problem with with the Chiefs, right? If you, uh, if you shut down one of their assets, another one will, will go off. I think it is quite clearly a heavily favored Chiefs going into Miami, but it does make it intriguing that particular aspect, nevertheless, right? Yeah, I mean, 
I think the Dolphins can realistically beat anybody right now because of that defense. Yeah. Um, like this is this is a game worth talking about. This is this is an unmissable game to watch and definitely one to, to be talking about. And you wouldn't have thought that back in September right. that here we'd be um, at this point of the season saying what a significant game this is for both teams for them to show something. Now, the Dolphins have got four tough games to close out the season. After this one, it's the Patriots, the Raiders and the Bills. Mm. Will they make life hard for Mahomes this week? Yes. Will they beat them this week? No, mm. but it will be close. And the Dolphins are absolutely for real. This is, I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I don't think the Dolphins defense is, is built to have blowouts, even mm. against the Chiefs. And this feels like the sort of game where in five years time, we'll look back and say, oh, remember that, that really good regular season game between the Dolphins and Chiefs? Because now they play each other in the postseason every single year. These right. teams are both built for long-term success now. This is, this is done. I don't think I don't think this is going to be a flash in the pan. Expect to see these teams play in January quite a lot, make the most of this game. But I just I can't see past the Chiefs. I love that. I love that. I think that's absolutely right. They will be uh, will be slugging it out in years to come in the postseason. Two two heavyweight franchises in terms of future projection. I'm a little bit worried about Tua because I, I think he I think he will deliver ultimately. But I think we, people are getting a little bit carried away with Tua. It strikes me, and he's such a great story, and he's such an exciting quarterback. And and I'm not being facetious here. We like watching a Southpaw player, right? And yeah. Because- like this Dolphin side finally contending again, willing him. He's one of those players, I think, that at times the comms and other analysts are willing him to, to do so well. They're maybe overstating just how effective he's been. Look, he's been okay. He's been good at times. But I, I think let's not get carried away yet with, with Tua and the four-game sample size that, that we've yeah. had. Uh, all right. Broncos, Panthers. I'd certainly rather have Tua than Drew Locke. Oh. <laughs> um, uh I, what do we want to say about this game? Oh, man. Well, I think we just got to say uh, Drew Locke. I don't like Drew Locke as an NFL starter. Never did. Didn't, didn't trust his decision-making or accuracy coming out of college. He just got a big arm. Admittedly, he didn't end up in a great spot in Denver because it feels like the Broncos have been rebuilding for like forever, it seems. But they've got some talent on offense. So a, a quarter, they need a quarterback fits what they want to do. And I don't think Drew Locke fits there. Um, the Panthers, meanwhile, without McCaffrey, they, they're unwatchable most of the time. I mean, they had a good start to the season. I remember being on this show when the Panthers were playing the Bears and it seemed like everyone was picking the Panthers. Yeah. And I understood why people had doubts about the Bears, but I went back and I watched everything I could of the Panthers and I thought, this team is just utter dreck. I know they're winning wow. games, but they're just, they, they were not good. And then, lo and behold, after that Bears game, they just stopped winning games. Mm. They'd fluked some wins before that. This is not a good team without Christian McCaffrey. There is not enough balance there. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I really do. I've been disappointed in him this season. I thought he was going to be better than he has been. However, he's a very stable and reliable quarterback. And although they've only won like one game in the past 60 days, I think they will beat the Broncos. Teddy will beat Drew Locke in a game that, does not register outside those two fan bases. A UK Panthers fans, uh, Ben is on Twitter at tweets from Ben. Hey. <laughs> and he wants to hear from you. <laughs> I do. I do. Honestly, you know, come at me on that. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's a fair point. I think a lot of people are drinking the rule aid. Hey. That, that just came straight out of my head. I mean, that That's was cold. That was cold. I felt it was. 
but you know, and, and I get it. You know, this is an organization that is probably trending in the right direction for sure. And there've been a fair amount of positives, but yeah, much as I will watch any kind of NFL game, whenever it's on, wherever it's on, I don't care. Those people are like, who's going to watch this. And back in the day when people would slag off the games we were getting in London, no one's oh, going to yeah, watch that. It's like, yeah, yeah we are. We, this yeah. is amazing. Broncos Panthers at the moment, I will still be interested and watch it, but it is maybe the weakest game on the, on, on the slate in terms of appeal this week. Anyway, Cowboys Bengals, uh well, maybe competition I, maybe i spoke too soon <laughs> cowboys bengals right let's be quick because we've got we got to rattle through the others ben uh i thought the cowboys would play the ravens harder i have to say uh, and and again chat to producer ollie as we often do about lines in the end i felt that the ravens were going to win comfortably i like the over in that game as well and, and both of those came out but particularly the way the game started too i thought okay here we go here we go and and, and the gallop touchdown i thought right they're gonna they're going to go toe to toe and at least make it more competitive than they ultimately did. Yeah, it was it was disappointing, and I've I've got quite a bit of faith in Andy Dalton just because he is yeah. reliable. You Agreed. know, he wasn't in, he wasn't in the greatest position at the in the Bengals organization, and he they, they talk about the fact that he didn't win playoff games. He played playoff games. You know, a lot of organizations would have been pleased with the number of playoff games that they got to play. Um, the Cowboys, we know they're a mess right now. We know why they're a mess. It's it's all about Dak Prescott. The, the issues go deeper, but they should be better than they are. The Bengals were, again, trending up before Joe Burrow's devastating injury. They haven't been the same since. And that's why in this game, I've, I've got to go with the Cowboys because Andy Dalton, the Andy Dalton factor. Yeah, you know? the Dalton factor is often often a, a key key aspect of, of NFL. The Dalton line actually has been a significant thing for a long time. So <laughs> yeah. Again, maybe I spoke too soon. The Cowboys win this; they're still in the mix, incidentally. Jet Seahawks next. The Seahawks in a bit of bother. There's only one quarterback that's been sacked more than Carson Wentz since Week Ten. Sixteen times Russell Wilson has been sacked mm. since Week Ten. That's bad. Um, this is the you know everyone's been fixated on the Seattle defense is terrible all season long. There are other problems with this team. And if anything, the defense is starting to level up a bit. Certainly the pass rush, you know, most of the time uh, in recent weeks has been a lot more effective than it has been for much of the seasons so are trending the right way. The, the offensive line and the protection is maybe now the, amongst their biggest problems. Yeah. I I'm expecting a comfortable Seahawks win. This is ideal timing for Seattle because the jets are such a yeah. mess. Yeah. But I think a win here just kind of papers over the cracks. Seattle have been maddening at times with mm. the things that, with the things they're getting wrong. And like you say, just not, not protecting their most important asset. And it, I mean, the defense was bad early in the season, but there's a lot of things going wrong there. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to need to significantly improve to make any impact in the playoffs and going forward. It can't, it, they can't be doing this season after season. Something's, something's got to get sorted. There's holes that need to be filled. Mm, okay. Well, I think we're both going Sorks, uh, Seahawks, but um, yeah, as you say, uh, it'll be a Pyrrhic victory, I think for, mm. for, for Seattle. And it's strange how the twists and turns of this season have knocked them out of any kind of serious contention now where, you know, four weeks in, this is the danger with overreacting, Ben, as we always say, to, mm -hmm. to a small sample size. Uh, Packers, Lions and Falcons, Chargers. A line on each who's going to win and why? Um, the Packers are going to beat the Lions because the Lions have had their moments, but they're still not actually a good team. And Aaron Rodgers having a fantastic season, the most talented quarterback of his generation, even though the Packers have wasted him, frankly, with the talent they put around him. Uh, so I'm expecting the Packers to take another step towards locking up the second seed. Falcons, Chargers. I mean, 
if you're not a Falcons or Chargers fan, watching them can be fun because you know that even if they play well, they could build a lead and just implode. And that sort of mental weakness is down to coaching. I think the blowout against the Pats will have really knocked the Chargers. So I'm going with Atlanta. Okay, Saints-Eagles. I, I mentioned Wilson secondary to Carson Wentz in terms of sacks. Jalen Hurts, we saw a bit of last time out. Looks like he'll get a start. Looks like Carson's done in Philly. Talk us through, Ben, as our resident college expert, your prognosis, your upside for Jalen Hurts as an NFL quarterback. I think he can be a solid NFL starter. He's good with his legs, almost as good as Lamar Jackson at times. He's wow. not always, he's not always as accurate as he needs to be. And that's something that he's got to work on because sometimes he would make the wrong decisions. He's got a really strong arm. He is an ex- exemplary leader, mm. someone who at Alabama, he won so many games with them um, before he, before he lost his job to tour basically because of an injury and tour came in and you just couldn't, you couldn't drop to He went to Oklahoma to an Oklahoma international championship contender. He has been spectacular in college and he deserves to be an NFL starter. I think I think he can do really good things for the Eagles, but the problem is they go. Let's say, let's say he's great for the rest of the season, mm. prove himself a worthy starter. And the Eagles are like, we've got our quarterback. The Eagles are going to be in cap hell because of Carson Wentz's contract. So they are going to struggle to put any sort of supporting cast around Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts is going to struggle. And then the narrative will be, oh, Jalen Hurts wasn't that good in the first place. Mm. And that he'll be, he'll be pretty much blameless in on that Carson Wentz the contract is crazy the only way out of it is to trade him but who's going to take on that contract unless they can find a GM out there who hasn't actually watched the NFL this year they're not going to they're not going to find a buyer and frankly as much as I like Jalen Hurts he is a rookie and he's going to be coming up against this stingy Saints defense I don't feel like he's got any chance against the Saints so Carson Wentz is going to the New York Giants is what you're essentially oh boy that, that would be funny. Okay, two more for you. Ravens-Browns. The Browns could knock the Ravens out of the playoffs potentially with this win, <laughs> right? I, I suppose that they've leveled it up a little bit more in terms of a wild card berth with the Dallas win, Baltimore. But, I mean, this would be a, a big blow if they went down. And uh, given what we saw, Cleveland, the f- favorites? I haven't looked at the line, actually, on this game. Well, you answer that while I look that up. Because well, I wonder if Cleveland... I, to me, they are at home, right? To me, it feels like the Browns have become one of the most reliable teams in, in the NFL this year, really. I mean, they feel more reliable than the Ravens. And like I said on Sunday night, I don't know what to read into the way Cleveland played in the second half against Tennessee. My gut feeling is the Titans are good and played well in the second half against the Browns team that correctly felt they had it in the bag rather mm. than the Browns just you know imploding. But Baltimore might be the most disappointing team in football. But... If you look at who's beaten them, the Chiefs and the Steelers, well, no shame in that. Let me, let me call you out on that a minute because, I mean, COVID's obviously massively impacted, and injury collectively, but COVID impacted them hugely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying there aren't, there aren't any caveats or reasons. It's just that I expected the Ravens to be challenging those top two seeds. Right. And they've, they've, lost, they've lost to good teams. Like I say, the Chiefs, Steelers yeah. twice. They've yeah. lost to the Titans. They've lost to the Patriots. Um. But they've beaten they've beaten other teams who you'd expect them to win. Although they mm. did they beat the Colts and they beat the Browns earlier in the season. But this is a different Browns team now. 
this Ravens team is good enough to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were in the um, NFC East, they'd be winning it by a mile. Yeah. But the Browns know how to win, and now they expect to win, and I expect them to beat Baltimore this week. That feels weird saying, but I expect them to beat Baltimore. I don't know. I, I, I quite like the Ravens for a win. They're sitting ninth seed at the moment, but of course it's super tight. The Colts currently at the time of recording eight and four holding the seventh spot. So yeah, you'd think that if it drops the Ravens to seven and six, I think it might, it might be curtains, but uh, incidentally, they are narrow favorites for this on the road, narrow road favorites. That it's virtually a pick them. Uh, all right. The Alex Smith bowl wraps things up. Mm. Of course, Washington, San Francisco, given the defeat, the 49ers had when they were trending up, I think that is pretty much stuck a fork for the second time. I've used that uh, in this, uh, in this show, in, in terms of their playoff, uh, ambition and, and Washington on the other hand of course at five and seven same record as the 49ers but the same record as the Giants who currently hold uh, the the uh, fourth seed uh, on the tiebreaker so a lot at stake for Washington here it's a really intriguing game um Washington are an interesting team to watch they're, they're building something and you've got to have a heart of stone to not be interested in what Alex Smith is doing right as for the 49ers um I was saying about you know kind of um Deshaun Watson, you know, no quarterback has done more with less. I'm not sure from a coaching point of view that anyone's done more with less than Kyle Shanahan. Agreed. He's had he's had so many injuries to deal with. He doesn't really have a quarterback that he can rely on. Um, I've gone back and forth on this one when it came to when it came to picking it, but it's hard to get that Steelers win out of my head. So I'm gonna have to go Washington as they as they keep their playoff hopes alive. I mean, they might win a division championship. Yeah. This is a team that could be in the playoffs. They'll cause someone a problem in the playoffs. They won't win a playoff game. I wouldn't thought, but they could cause the team a problem because the defense is pretty aggressive. Yeah. I, I think it is a fair shout. And incidentally on the 49ers, I mentioned this in Parsons. I think in the studio on Sunday, Brandon, Ayuk. love Brandon. Ayuk. I think he's one of my favorite, favorite rookies of the season. Uh, Really, oh, really, yeah. re- really rate him. I don't think he's getting enough attention. Uh, anyway, uh, just looking at the playoff seedings, the Cowboys that are 16th. So maybe I was being a little bit ambitious when I said they could still, they could still <laughs> mathematically, they could still make the playoffs. There we go, Ben. We got it done. Fine work at Tweets for Ben, of course, is where we can find you. Great to see you, man. Look after yourself. Enjoy the games. Cheers. See you soon. Find stuff from Ben. Uh, we will check in with him very, very soon. Appreciate OC as well as ever. Marley too. Andy, Tom and the crew over on social media. We're back. Producer Ollie and I with the Edge Rush Show. That drops Saturday morning into your podcatchers. And then we are back Monday for a look back at what I am certain is going to be a whirlwind Sunday once again. So we'll get you set for that. Make sure you join us. Subscribe. You know the drill. See you Podcast Network.